Well, my name is Kurt. I am one of the pastors here. I want to add a happy new year to you all today. It is good to see you and glad that you uh, felt like it was worth coming back to church in the new year. Yesterday, as uh, Greg said, January 6th was the official close of Christmas and the beginning of Epiphany. And the Greek word epiphania means either appearance or manifestation. And it refers to the revealing of Jesus to the world. And in the scriptures, there's a variety of different stories uh, that talk about Jesus uh, being made known. And so depending on your church tradition, uh, definitely Epiphany commemorates the uh, visit of the Magi to Jesus and the bringing of the gifts uh, after Jesus was born. Or it also can be a celebration of the baptism of Jesus and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the dove that descended from heaven and the voice of God that said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. It also might be uh, referring to the revealing of Jesus' very first miracle at the wedding in Cana when he revealed his divine nature by turning gallons and gallons of water into wine. (laughs) The season of Epiphany I want to suggest for us today is one where we are too invited to behold the manifestation of Jesus in our lives in ways that maybe we have not been prepared for or what might not expect. In September, if you've been with us for a while, you know that we talked about how we believe this year is going to be beyond belief. That in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, the Apostle Paul said, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived... The things God has promised to those who love Him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. And we suggested that this might be a kind of theme verse for us at Faith Covenant Church this year. And then as we seek to understand what God might be inviting us to to see and what He might want to reveal to us about His love and His blessing and His calling in our lives... At the end of this ministry year, maybe at our semi-annual meeting in June, we might look back on this year and remember this verse, and it may take on a whole new meaning and significance for us because of what God wants to do here in our church, not only in spite of us, but in and through us. And we've already seen God do some amazing things that we're going to get to celebrate at our annual celebration that's coming on Sunday, February 4th. But part of what Paul is telling the people in Corinth here in this passage, if you look at the larger context, is that too often it can be easy for us to think that that church or the Christian life is something that we can or are supposed to do in our own wisdom and in our own strength. But when we start to think that way, we can get off track with the gospel message and what the truth of what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross really means. And we can start to make our own wisdom and our own strength the main point, rather than having our true focus be on God's wisdom and God's strength, which Paul also says that God had planned to reveal to us from before the creation of the world. That that promise and that plan of God that he intended before he even brought anything into existence has now been demonstrated and revealed to us in the person named Jesus and has become available to us. His wisdom and his strength has become available to us through Jesus because of the presence and the power of his Holy Spirit in our lives. 
And so as we come together in this season with the intention of allowing the Spirit of Christ to to do a greater work in us and, and to lead us to allow God to do a greater work through us as a faith community, we believe that the Bible tells us that God will reveal His plans for us and for our church. And that in that process, Paul says in Ephesians 3.20 that He is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Amen? One of the important things I, I feel like it's, it's significant to call out and to identify in this New Year season is that we need to remember that when we read a verse like Ephesians 3.20, Paul says that what God does for us is according to his power that is at work where? In us. God does not do his work apart from us. God doesn't fulfill his promises without our willing participation. The Bible clearly teaches that God promises to bless us when we put our trust in him, but also then act on the commands that he gives us so that we are following his direction in our lives. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight, or he will direct your paths. Now, our human understanding and the way our mindset typically works is that we think that we need to know exactly how things are going to work out before we can put our trust in God. That, that, that if we can kind of have a, a sense of that something is going to be manageable or it's going to be in our control and we can see a positive outcome on, on the pathway ahead, then we're going to say, okay, well, that's a sign of, of God's blessing and so we're going to put our trust in God. But the Bible says it's actually just the opposite. The Bible says when you can't see the road ahead, when you don't know what's around the corner, when you're not sure that all the circumstances of your life are lining up in the way that you had hoped or the way that you would expect, you have to put your trust in God first. And then He is the one who will make sense out of all the mess of your life. You see, then he will bring the clarity and the direction that we need in order to proceed forward in life with confidence and with uh, faith that we know that in spite of whatever this world might be wanting to do to us, God is faithful and he will bless us and he will see us through. And so in each of our own lives, when we don't feel like we know what the next step is to take and we are uncertain about the leap of faith that we might sense God is wanting us to consider in our own lives, it's especially in these moments that we need to make sure that our first step is to choose to put our trust in God, even if the only option at that moment is to sing a hallelujah. Because it's in those challenged moments in life that God shows up in miraculous and surprising ways. And, and it's in those moments that we receive and understand his promise to us that he is the one who is ordering the steps of our lives and bringing us to his best and the blessing that we need, even in spite of something that maybe we didn't know is what we really wanted. Now, I also want to suggest that this principle of life in Christ and in following God is true at any time, of course, in our lives. But I think it's especially significant for us here at Faith Covenant Church in this present season because we have some big decisions to make together this month. 
And there's a lot going on inside our church and outside of our church that may have an impact on how we choose to move forward as a faith community. We'll have to make those decisions in the midst of a season of ongoing questions and challenges for us as a church. And in the next few weeks, we're going to be hosting uh, two town hall meetings about the proposal to expand our Little Sprouts preschool to a a full-service preschool that would include infant care and preschool and kindergarten and before and after-school care for elementary kids as well. This is a huge undertaking that we're considering. Our preschool task force has been working diligently all the way since last summer to research and prepare this proposal that we're going to be asked to consider and to help us understand not only how it fits with our mission and vision as a church, but become, can become one of the answers that God has for us about he, how he's leading us forward and directing our path as a faith community. And then on our annual celebration Sunday, which is February 4th, we'll have the opportunity to vote together on whether or not to pursue the proposal that we hear. And as part of our annual celebration every year, we also approve our ministry budget for the 2024 year. Now, in all of that, as you're going to hear, the possibilities and the potential are exciting and inspiring and motivating for what God might be doing in our midst. And yet, at the same time, that God is bringing all of this to, to our doorstep in the midst of this part of the ongoing challenge we face as a church is that in 2023, as we're looking back at, at, at what has happened, we're re- recognizing that our monthly income has continue, continued to dwindle below 2022 giving levels, which if you were here in 2022, you know that was a dramatic decrease in giving. And so while we're seeing all this potential possibility, we're also seeing this this falling off of the support of God's people and the, the money that's there to support the ministries of the daily operations of what we're called to do. And so we're scratching our heads wondering, where is God in this and what is he calling us to do? And as we were at our last congregational meeting, you'll know that that means that more and more we're being pushed into the time frame when potentially we have to make some very difficult decisions about our budget and about the ministries of this church. Now, the expansion of the Little Sprouts Preschool, I think, seems to be an answer of God that is potentially beyond belief. Not only for how we can find alternate sources of income for our church, but even more significantly, the potential for an amazing expansion of our connection in ministry to the families in our community and the very people that we have felt God leading us in recent years to be our primary mission field that we're supposed to be reaching for Christ. And while all of that is true, and we believe that God can find a way where there is no way, The truth comes back to the Bible that tells us God's blessings do not come apart from us, but in and through our faithful trust and our participation in his kingdom and his calling in our lives. See, God promises that his blessings come when we take the risk to trust his word 
to believe that when we align ourselves with the word that he's revealed and we begin to act according to the ways that he's directed, that's when the results of the work uh, on our behalf become beyond belief. That's when God shows up and takes his super and puts it on our natural and we see amazing things that we can't take credit for, but we say, God, thank you, bless you, hallelujah, because you have done it in and through us. And so our success as a, as a community of faith in following Jesus and in fulfilling the mission of God in our midst is going to require that each and every person who's a part of this church is actively and intentionally participating in this mission that God has given us to fulfill in whatever ways God has blessed them to be able to participate. That participation is going to look different for each person. But the Bible teaches us that the power of the church is in our collective participation in obedience to God. God has brought us together. If you look around the room and you look at the faces who are here today, God has brought you to be a part of this community in whatever ways he's blessed you to have something to offer to be a blessing to those around you. And it's in our willing participation that we discover that it's God's ability to accomplish His purposes through us that become more than we could ask or imagine. And so using the term that the Bible uses to describe this type of community, we could say that what we're really talking about is we're talking about stewardship. And we're talking about the willingness to take the gifts that God has given us, our time, our talent, or our treasure, and to offer what we have to the community of God's people so that collectively we could do more than any of us could ask or imagine alone. You see, the issue of stewardship, and this is really important. I don't, I don't want you to miss this this morning. The issue of stewardship is not about supporting the organization of the church, which is some, something separate from your life. Without you, there is no faith covenant church. It's about each of us pursuing our calling in Christ and to, to participate in the kingdom of God in the world. And what we discover as we look to the Bible is that one of the primary ways that we participate in the kingdom of God in this world and we pursue his mission in our lives as individuals is by being an active part of the collective community of God's people where he's deposited his spirit that he wants to use to be a light in the darkness and to be on mission for God. And I would almost hazard to say it's, it's very difficult, if not nearly impossible, to be a follower of Jesus and not be an active part of a faith community. That's really what being the church is all about. See, God promises that he will always provide whatever his people need in order to accomplish the mission that he's called them to fulfill. Do you believe that? Do you think that God keeps his promises? Do you think that God wants to bless his people in order for them to be successful and to, to make a difference in the world that he gave his son's life to save? You see, it requires that his people fully commit to and in faith intentionally participate in the fulfillment of that mission. God does not do his work apart from us. God does not do his work apart from you. 
God's blessings always come through the participation of his people and not in spite of them. Now, my uncle was a covenant pastor for many years. His name was John. He had a very German brogue accent. He, still, he never kind of got rid of that. And he had a statement that he would use every once in a while that I always personally found a little challenging as a young man to hear, and I wasn't sure I really liked it all of that much. But then as I would think about it and I would contemplate it, it was also one of those statements that I'd have to go, you know, it's probably more true than I would like to probably admit. Here's what it is. He would say, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is that God has provided all of the money we need to accomplish the mission that he's given us to fulfill. The bad news, it's all in our pockets. (laughs) Now, I don't know what your personal financial reality is today. And I do know that your relationship with your money, as we've been learning through Christmas, is a deeply spiritual issue, and and, and that is something that's between you and God alone. But I also know that as a faith community, our shared responsibility to support the mission and vision of the church that God has called us to serve is one that God says we can accomplish if each of us is willing to truly align ourselves with God's word and act according to God's ways in our shared life together. These are the conditions that God places on a favorable experience of his blessing in our lives. And so based on what we're seeing financially right now at the church and the the mission and vision we see that God has called us to fulfill and the tension that we're experiencing between those two things, I can only say that this possibly suggests to us that all of us need to be doing more. Thank you. Now, your more might not look like my more or someone else's more. Again, whatever the more is, is something in your heart that you have to decide between you and God. And some of us, our more might not even be more money, but but more time or more engagement or, or more ways that we're encouraging and praying for and supporting what God is doing and maybe even speaking into the life of the church in ways that, that we have not done in a long time. I don't know where you're at in your relationship with God this morning. And I don't know where you're at in your relationship with Faith Covenant Church as your spiritual family or as the place that God has called you to invest your time, talent, and treasure as part of your discipleship to Jesus. And as we begin this new year in 2024, I can't help but feel like maybe this is the time where God is inviting us to look at the challenges we face as a church and look at the opportunities he's presenting us with. And as a part of God's invitation, to you and to me and to all of us in this new year is to take some time to define the relationship. 
Take the time to define your relationship with God. Is he the Lord of your life or are you? I mean, that's kind of the starting point of the Christian life, isn't it? Don't we have to decide who's going to be in control? Who's the master and who's the servant? Because I think sometimes we come to church and we say, yes, yes, yes to Jesus. But then we say, gosh, you know, Jesus, I want you to be a servant in my life. I want you to bless me. I want you to, 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 to do all the things that you say are good and give me peace and happiness and joy and, and relationships and, and blessings. All the while forgetting that the whole point is that we're not the master, we're the servant. That Jesus already gave you his entire life and calls you to be a follower of him so that you can be a part of the greatest purpose that he's ever given, which is to be a part of the kingdom of God and the salvation of the world. And some of us need to really take the time to define our relationship with this faith community. Is this your church? Or are you just a consumer here? Is this a religious entertainment that you get to participate in once in a while when it feels good to you and you can come and you can show up and you can get your worship on and then head out and go about your life and not really think about Faith Covenant Church until it's time to go back to Sunday morning or some great event? What is the nature of your relationship with church? Now, some of you I know are new to the church, and, 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 and you may still be checking things out and feeling your way here, and that's okay. In many ways, uh, uh, take all the time that you need. This message is not in any way an attempt to try and pressure you or to make you feel guilty uh, in, in any way. We're glad that you're here, and we hope that you feel like this is actually a safe place for you to be who you are and to be in the place that you're at and to have permission to be on a spiritual journey toward Jesus that may take you time to figure it out. That, that, that's, that's good. That's what we want to be about. At the same time, I believe that this is a message for all of us as a message of growth towards spiritual maturity and some of those core principles of life with God that we've really got to take ownership of and figure out if we're going to see personal growth in our spiritual lives. Ultimately, the bottom line is that as we talk about the future of Faith Covenant Church and we seek to discern God's voice in our midst and His leading in our mission and vision, we each need to consider and weigh the challenges and face the opportunities that we see together as challenges and opportunities that have a direct impact on our lives personally. We can't depersonalize the call of this church from the call on our personal lives because the two are not separate things. We are the church. The Apostle Paul says in his first letter to the church in Corinth, in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians 26 and 27, if one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. Paul's invitation in this statement is for each of us to take a more personal interest and a greater sense of personal responsibility in the life of God's people. 
And so in this light, as we enter in this new year and as we prepare for the challenges we face, but also the opportunities that God might present us with, we're going to spend some time in the weeks leading up to our annual celebration exploring this invitation of a more simple life that we received at Christmas and explore how that might be now leading us to a greater generosity and an expanding kingdom ministry as a collective community of God's people in this place. And I want to suggest that as we move towards what we're going to accomplish this morning, the first step is to go back to the early days of God's people and to remind ourselves of these core principles of life with God that, that, that lead us to the life of faith. And what we see when we do that is that God has from the beginning indicated that the spiritual life with God is always a two-way relationship. The spiritual life with God is always a two-way relationship. God has never intended or been content to allow people to think of him as a cosmic vending machine in the sky where all you have to do is push all the right religious buttons and out come all of the blessings. (laughs) From the beginning, God's blessing has always been connected to his people's obedience. Now, we're Americans and we love freedom, and the word obedience is not all that exciting to us, is it? (laughs) Obey? (laughs) We're free. We don't obey anybody. But from the beginning, God's blessing has always been connected to his people's relationship with him and their willingness to follow his lead, which is really what obedience is about. It's really about following God's lead, knowing that his wisdom and his strength is the best for our lives. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 13 God said to his people, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all of the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity, the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your ground, the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land in season to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but you will borrow from none. 
The Lord will make you his head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do you think God wants to bless you today? Do you think God wants to open the heavens for Faith Covenant Church and pour out his bounty in ways that are beyond belief? I do. It's when we fully place our trust in God and not in the things of this world and not in our own wisdom and strength and choose to act according to what he's revealed that we then have the security of knowing that our lives and the outcomes of everything are covered by him. I mean, if you think about it, every day we choose to put our trust in, in things, right? It could be something like you trust that your car is going to get you to work in the morning. You trust that when you show up at the ATM, the bank's going to have your money ready for you. You trust that when you put a package in the mail, it's going to arrive at the address to which you send it, right? We trust in these things. In the same way we put our trust in these smaller, more temporary things, God is also wanting us to define our relationship with Him in a way that says, do you trust that the promises that I've made to you will be fulfilled if you follow the ways that I've called you to walk? Now, I I know, I get it. For some of us, it still might be hard to have that level of faith because maybe we haven't seen it. Maybe we haven't experienced it. Maybe we're, we're not sure if we really have that level of confidence that this God of the Bible is who he says he is. Or maybe you're still questioning if he's even real. And that's okay. This is a safe place for you to be on a spiritual journey. But we all have to be clear that the Bible tells us that he will not abandon us or take back his words, even in spite of our needing to process our own faith and work through the doubts that we have while we're testing to see if this God who claims to love us really does. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. God can handle your doubt. God can handle your process. God can handle wherever you're at in life today and walk with you on the path towards a greater experience of his love and his grace and his power in your life. That's what he wants from you. That's what he wants with you. He knows where you're at today and he doesn't expect you to be over here tomorrow. He wants to meet you where you're at and start the journey together. And he's given you a faith community of people who are supposed to be encouraging you and supporting you and loving you on that journey. And so we all have the opportunity to be a part of this mission that God has given us. And and the question that I've been challenging us as a staff to ask when we start to go to ministry planning and ministry thinking, and this is a hard one to stay focused on, but the question really is not what. The question is who? Who is God leading you to love? Who is God leading you to pour into as as a way of gifting your time, talent, and treasure to make a difference in somebody else's life? Now, for some people, that might be starting right in your own home. 
For other people, you might have a couple key friends that God might be leading you to be a blessing to. And these people might be believers or they might not be believers. For others, we might have a little more bandwidth or a little more experience under our belt, and we might be serving uh, as a small group leader or, or on a ministry team at the church or, or serving in a community organization that's making a difference in the lives of needy people in our community. Your call from God is all dependent on the time, talent, and treasure He's blessed you with that He wants you to, to give away in generosity to be a blessing to others. And so the starting question for each of us in 2024 is not what, but who? And if you can answer the who, it'll lead you to the what and the how and ultimately the why God has called you to be a blessing to that person. And if you have questions about that along the way, come and talk to us. That's what we're here for. That's what we specialize in. That's what we're experts in, <laughs> is discerning God's call and leading us on a life of purpose and mission with Jesus. God is true to his promises and he's by your side through it all. And in the Bible, we can see how God has kept his promises to other people throughout the centuries. All the stories in the Bible are of faithful people who put their trust in God and demonstrated how God's promises were true and how God showed up and, and came through in the end. Hebrews chapter 11 goes through a laundry list of, of people's real life stories where God's promises were fulfilled in their lives and how their faith in God was proven to be justified. And in this process, we see that his greatest promise has already been fulfilled and his name is Jesus. The greatest event that ever happened, the greatest story that's ever told, the greatest purpose you could ever find, the greatest outcome for the course of history has already happened. We know where, where the party ends, and we know where we're going to live eternity. What more do you want from me, God says? <laughs> when is it time to accept the gift that I've given you as being enough? And turn the corner and start living your life for me in the way that I called you to. What else are you looking for? What else do you hope to find? What else is going to make you happy? Maybe it's time for us to define the relationship with God in this new year. This is why the, uh, the author of Hebrews said in verse 10, or chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. But if we're honest, our hearts and minds always have a way of spiraling out of control, don't they? For all of our best intentions, for all of our New Year's resolutions, for all of the, the restarts that we do with God, we're going to hit a point where, where fear comes in, where we become confused, and, and we start to spiral out of control, and we worry, and we try and take the reins back, and we take control of our life because somehow we're, we're afraid that it's not going to work out the way that, that God has promised. But what we're reminded as we go back to God's Word, He says in Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace those whose mind are steadfast. Why are they steadfast? Because they trust in you. And they trust because they choose trust in God before they have the answers that they need. And it's as we choose to trust in God that the answers that we need begin to become clear in our lives. 
When we overthink and we overfocus on our problems, we often forfeit the peace that comes from having a deep trust in God. And on the other hand, the Bible says that when we trust in God and we keep our focus on Him and we rely on our faith, our minds stay steadfast and it's the peace of Christ in our hearts that gives us the confidence to face any challenge and to overcome any obstacle that we experience in life. And so as we wrap up today, the starting point for stewardship in the Christian life is not a trust in our own strength and abilities, but to renew our faith and our trust in God who says he wants to be the Lord of our lives and to lead us to God's true blessing. And so over the next few weeks, then, we'll be looking more closely at what it means for us as followers of Jesus to align ourselves with God's word to seek to act according to God's ways so that the ultimate result is not what we can do in our own strength, but only what God can do in the fulfillment of his plans and his purposes in our lives, which I promise you will be beyond belief. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the challenges of a new year, and we thank you for the opportunities that you've given us to inspire us and to motivate us, to define our relationship with you, to define our relationship with this faith community, and to find new hope and new excitement and new motivation for pursuing our life in Jesus again this year. Would you give us courage? Would you give us comfort? And would you give us your peace? as we come together to fulfill this meaningful, life-giving challenge of being followers of Jesus in this world. We ask this in his name. Amen.